So Money, episode 432, Melissa Keeling. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. So Money is brought to you today by Wealthfront. Wealthfront is the most tax-efficient, low-cost, hassle-free way to invest. Now, many of you I know are interested in simplifying your investment strategy. You want to reduce fees. You want to work with a service that you trust. And Wealthfront delivers. It builds and manages your personalized, globally diversified portfolio. To open an account, the minimum is just $500, and that gets you a periodically rebalanced, diversified portfolio of low-cost index funds. There are zero trading fees, zero hidden fees, and advisory fees that are just a fraction of traditional advisors. In fact, Wealthfront manages your first $10,000 for free. To learn more and sign up, visit wealthfront.com forward slash so money. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. One of the requests I often get on the show is to bring on successful entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs that kind of came from anywhere. And today's guest fits the bill. As a single mom of three children, Melissa Keeling founded a multi-million dollar business. And by the way, this was right after a divorce when she had lost her house, she had lost her car, she had very little to her name, and yet she managed to focus during all of that on a brilliant idea that led her to becoming one of the country's leading female entrepreneurs. Melissa is the inventor of Packet. It's the first foldable, freezable bag that chills food and drinks for up to 10 hours without an ice pack needed. Since 2009, she's grown Packet from a $150,000 company to a multi-million dollar business. In 2014, the company was named number 28 on the Inc. 500, as well as the number one fastest growing woman-led business on the list. How did Melissa make ends meet when she was launching this company? How did she react to the skepticism surrounding her when launching this business? And today, Packet is in more than 40 countries worldwide at retailers like Whole Foods, Target, Bed Bath & Beyond. As a budding entrepreneur, how do you get your product in these stores? Here is Melissa Keeling. Melissa Keeling, welcome to So Money. Thank you for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. I just got finished watching the movie Joy uh, with uh, Jennifer, what's her name? Yes. yes. And super fan. Right. And it's about the story of the single mom who created the wonder, the, the magic mop or the wonder mop. Um, it went on to create, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars on um, QVC and home, or maybe, maybe I'm not getting this story right, home shopping network. Clearly I was paying very little attention to the movie. <laughs> I was more, I was more fascinated just by this woman's journey who uh, with such adversity managed to still climb the ranks and become a phenomenal, successful entrepreneur, a leading female in in this space. And then reading your bio, Melissa, you know, as a single mom, developing a product, patenting it, bringing it to market, you yourself had experienced a lot of adversity, yet still managed to create a very successful business. Many parallels there. Did you see the movie? I did. I loved the movie. Actually, I was on a flight with my oldest son, who's 19, and he was watching the movie. And at one point he took up his headphones and he goes, mom, this movie reminds me just about you. (laughs) 
you know, so when's your movie coming out? Oh, I know. I know. It's quite a story. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, Packet, which you are the co-founder of Packet and CEO, is a staple in our house. I'm, I'm proud to say it's, it's, yeah. I have a two-year-old son. And tell us a little bit about 2009. That was the year that you invented this. It sounds so easy. Like, oh, I just came up with the idea and I had patented it. But I'm sure there's a much tougher story that you that you wouldn't mind telling us now? Because I want to know kind of, you know, what was the process to launching this and how did you actually do it? You have three children, single mom. You think you had $20 to your name at one point. Yeah. You know, um, for me, I had gone through a divorce in 2007 and um, was really struggling financially. I hadn't worked in about 13 years. I'd been at home with my kids. Um, So no real beefy resume to start circulating. Um, but I had had an idea for a product that I was really passionate about seeing it get to market. And it was something that simply started in my kitchen, very frustrated that after a decade of pass- of packing lunches for my kids, there really weren't any great solutions out there to be able to pack healthy lunches and send them to school with your kids. Um, and one morning, ask, when I was reaching in the drawer to try and find those gel packs after like the second week of school, and they all gone missing. Um, I just kind of figured there had to be a better way. So I started researching um, other products that may be available and there really weren't any. Um, So I thought I'd take a stab at it. Um, And that's kind of, you know, the inspiration began just out of being frustrated with something that I was struggling with. Did you have the DNA for this or was this completely born out of necessity? No, I definitely think that I it's in my DNA. Um, I'm definitely a risk taker. Um, I'm kind of a jump first, think later kind of gal. Um, it has served me well, and it has also come back to bite me a few times. Um, but I seem to be on a good roll right now. So well, I want to learn about those bites in a moment. <laughs> um, but, you know, in terms of for as education, because I'm fascinated by this, you know, inventing something, then patenting it, then bringing it to market. Those all seem like uphill battles to me. What would you say was the big lesson you learned in, in, in the process of doing this? You know, I think it really comes back to being passionate about something and loving what you do um, and waking up every morning and want to see those accomplishments. Um, and for me, that meant connecting with other people who were willing to lend some advice, make an introduction, um, you know, just kind of get me on the path. and. You know, with the internet now at the tip of our fingers, you really, there's so much information available and it's so easy to connect with other people who are willing to lend a helping hand and networking, you know, just kind of laid the stepping stones for me. So you found your people essentially is what you're saying. You found the people that would support you. Uh, Who were those people and how did you introduce yourself to them? So once I had the prototype in hand, I was able to start having conversations and showing people the product. Um, I started going to trade shows. Being at a trade show is an amazing environment where you have consumers walking by, giving you feedback on your product, but you also have, um, you know, buyers from America's largest retailers walking by, and then you've got other entrepreneurs around you and being able to connect in an environment like that, where you're getting kind of all aspects of, um, you know, all of the things that have to come together to run a business. Those are great learning opportunities. You got into Whole Foods, Bed Bath & Beyond, Target Container Store. I mean, I watch Shark Tank. <laughs> and, and so much, I think, of our 
uh, of our country is now more educated than ever because of that show. And we know getting into those massive retailers is not easy, especially Whole Foods. How did you do it? You know, um, the opportunity for our first large placement at retail came very early, almost too early. Um, About three months out of the gates, having a prototype in hand, I did get a meeting with Target. Um, And our product is unique in the sense that kind of our secret sauce is on the inside. So it's not necessarily obvious to the consumer when they look at the product. Um, But when you have the opportunity to experience the product, when I can show someone a frozen bag and they can feel it and get that aha moment, um, they, they understand the difference. So meeting with Target early on, the buyers loved the product, but they were very concerned that the consumer might not understand when they encounter the product at retail, the uniqueness about the product. So they passed, actually, the first time. Um, And that was really the moment that I knew I was going to have to kind of come up with some kind of creative out-of-the-box marketing strategy to make sure that we were educating the consumer on how the product worked. So tell me how it does actually differentiate, because visually... It looks like there are millions of products like this out in the market, but there's more to it, obviously, than meets the eye. It is. So there's a freezable gel liner that's actually integrated into the walls of the bag. And you fold the bag up and store it in your freezer overnight. And in the morning, when you go to pack your lunches, you pull it out of the freezer, shake it open, and the walls of the bag are actually frozen. So you can pack yogurt and milk and fresh fruits and vegetables that stay cold for up to 10 hours. Which I love because, you know, one of the frustrations prior to this was you had the bag and then you had you had to get your own mini frozen pack and it would melt during the middle of the day and it would, all your like your bag would get wet. So this way it's insulated and it's much cleaner and a lot easier. Definitely. So when you innovate and introduce new concepts, you're also tasked with the challenge of having to educate. So that's been, you know, a very significant part of how we did end up getting such great retail placement early on. We launched a national direct response campaign. Um, That was the first time that I had ever really taken on a financial investment into the company. And it was kind of that go big or go home moment where we had to decide whether we wanted to continue to grow organically. Um, You know, fears in the back of our mind that someone else would come out and beat us to market or, you know, we, it would, it, we wouldn't be able to manage our cash flow by growing, you know, slowly and organically. And we'd be challenged with, you know, financially. So we did take on that investment. We launched the direct response campaign. And within about three months of launching the campaign, um, I had the Bed Bath & Beyond buyer that I'd been trying to get a meeting with walk up to me at a trade show held up her iPhone and hit play. And it was her daughter reciting our packet commercial. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. And she said, all right, let's give this a try. Um, so Bed Bath was one of our first large retailers to come on board. And really, you could walk in at any moment and see floor to ceiling Bed Bath um, displays. It was really amazing. The shelf space at these types of stores is invaluable. The exposure, did it just sell it on its own at that point? I would say that today we still have very high brand loyalty, but fairly low brand awareness. And what that means to me is that people who know us love the product, but there are still so many people out there who are not familiar with the fact that, you know, this concept in packing lunches 
even exists. So it's continuing to market, continuing to refine your point of sale packaging and your messaging to make sure that, um, you know, the consumer understands. And I think we'll always be challenged with that. So your background in your bio, your, your, your only real experience was bake sales. <laughs> you know, it, your business experience was bake sales. You were out of the workforce for a while as you were raising your children. So coming to market and, and learning all of these business steps, having the business plan, logistics, marketing, sales, product development, who is your team and how did you learn? Thank goodness we are finally at the point now where the business is successful enough that I'm able to surround myself with an amazing team of people who do projects and, um, you know, run departments much better than I do. I think, you know, when you get to that point where you can understand what your strengths are and I can really focus on driving those and bring in experts to run other departments, it's an amazing collaboration but early on, we didn't really have we didn't have the cash flow to bring on a you know a tremendous team. So we worked very lean and mean. Um, I had an amazing controller who came on board and set up our entire financial process. Um, but you know, we just we all kind of dug our heels in, um, did a ton of research. We made a ton of mistakes, but you know. Success, I believe, is determined in how quickly you can respond to a challenge or a problem and make sure you're not making that same mistake twice. Yeah. So what would you say was your biggest setback mistake as you were launching? I think one of the the great benefits of being a larger, more established business is you have longer lead times. Um, a lot of times when we were developing product, it would be, you know, you, you've got to quickly turn it around and get it to market. And we didn't necessarily have the timeline to do a lot of product testing. And, you know, we didn't have the budget for consumer research and things like that. Um, and there was a moment when we sent, I think it was 25,000 bags that we had produced. And we'd produced them with a um, polyester Velcro instead of a nylon Velcro. And we started getting feedback from um, our consumer base that they were disappointed in the performance of the Velcro. And that was kind of a game time decision that we had to make. And we recalled 25,000 bags um, because of the quality of the Velcro. And, you know, we, we never want to have a consumer have a poor experience with the brand. So that was something that was a big hit financially for us. Um, but it was important because maintaining the integrity of the relationship with people who are out there willing to be tremendous brand influencers for you. Um, you just can't jeopardize that relationship. Back in 2009, or rather 2007, when you got divorced and you were in a financial rut, you know, you'd lost your home, your car. How did you make ends meet? Yeah, no, that's definitely one of the things that I've had to get used to seeing, you know, with the success of the business. I've seen many, um, you know, articles that are titled broke single mom, <laughs> you know, makes the turnaround. Um, but it was, it was a devastating time for me and having three kids in tow with no strong, you know, career path. Um, I had to, I worked odd jobs. I had a friend who, um, had a marketing company and I worked part-time for them. Um, you know, just odd jobs here and there trying to kind of piece it together. But it was difficult. I worked part-time jobs with a couple different friends who had businesses that were looking for part-time help. 
um, you know, just tightened everything up. I remember calling my brother at one point, telling him like, you know, I'm really worried. My, my electric bill is, you know, $300 this month. And I just don't think I'm going to be able to pay it. And he's like, don't worry. He's like, if you need help, I'll help you out. And I was like, no, I need help. (laughs) But I, you know, got off the phone with him saying, don't worry, you'll be fine. And if you need something, we'll help you. And I kind of got off that thinking like, oh my gosh, you know, I just don't think he realizes how, how much I was struggling at the time. So once I had started the company and we brought on an early investor, I was able to take a little bit of salary then from the business, still not much. Um, And it was probably, you know, three or four years into the business that I, before I was able to really pull out enough salary from the company to start to become more comfortable. Were people telling you, you know what, just get a job, get your, get some, some normalcy, you know, some, some sort of financial pattern happening here where you're getting a paycheck consistently. You've got three kids, you know, this may not be the best time to start the business. I'm sure you heard it all. What were some of the headwinds you were facing from maybe family and friends? Um, you know, I remember hearing a lot of things like, oh, that's, that's a cute idea. Or there was a, a woman that I used to regularly run into and she would say, how's your little lunchbox company? You know, and I think while I had the vision for what the business could become, I don't think a lot of people around me realized that or, you know, or had, had thought that big, but it was always in the back of my mind. I mean, I really, I knew, I knew that it had to work. Um, but I, I was, I've, always been, I've always been constantly working, like growing up, you know, I had multiple jobs from the time I was 12 years old. So working and figuring it out, you know, I've always been willing to take odd jobs here and there just to, to make it work. So I don't think anyone ever looked at me and said, you should go get a job because I was always working two or three. Need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 84 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website with hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from. The drag-and-drop editor. There's no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to Wix.com to create your website today. The result is stunning. Your kids must have learned a massive amount just watching you. Do you think that now they're growing up to see entrepreneurship as a really valid path? I don't think a lot of us as kids think, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur when I grow up. But maybe now having seen mom go through it, they have a f- completely more enlightened pr- perspective on this. Absolutely. I think that, um, you know, this has made it very real to them. Um, I think they're all very driven. We've all made a tremendous amount of sacrifice um, to, to have Packet become what it is today. I've missed, you know, many of plays at school. Unfortunately, I usually miss the first day of school for my daughter every year because that's when we launch our um, 
new collection at the Paris show every year. I try and have them be as part of the business as much as they possibly can. Um, and they recognize the sacrifice, but they also feel part of the success. When did you know you had hit it and it was like a so money moment? We ask on this show for guests to share their so money moment. I would love to hear the moment where you felt that this business actually had legs. You know, I think early on it was it wasn't enough just seeing the product at retail because it was amazing to get the retail placement, but it was having the sell through. It was having the consumer actually purchase the product and seeing it move, having conversations with people where they ask, Oh, what do you do? And, you know, for years I would say, Oh, I, I have a company called packet. We make these lunch bags. And I think as time went on and people would say, Oh yeah, I know packet. It was, so shocking to me to meet someone, you know, from miles and miles from where I came from who knew the brand. You know, I think that was validation when when people mm-hmm. outside of my circle started to know the product. That was pretty amazing. And now it's in more than 40 countries and Hathaway's a fan. What's next for you as an entrepreneur? I mean, Packet's probably going to continue to grow and as you said, that, you know, there's still more marketing that needs to be done. But are you interested in expanding your entrepreneurial pursuits? Absolutely. I mean, we do not see Packet as a lunch bag company. We see Packet as a smart solutions company. Um, we love to bring innovative, new creative ideas to the consumer that allows them to li- live a happier, healthier life. And um, over the next couple of years, as our product development expands, you'll see that from us, more more smart solutions that make life simpler and easier and more enjoyable. When you got your first big paycheck, I mean, the company's now, you know, a double digit million dollar consumer products business. And it happened pretty quickly. And, you know, you went from having very little to now being a millionaire, essentially. What did you do with that first big paycheck? How did your life dramatically change? You're right. It did happen quickly. We went from 150,000 in sales in 2010 to 6.6 million in sales in one year. It was crazy. And that was because of the Bed Bath & Beyond and Target? A lot of it was was driven from the the television commercial and then, um, you know, the shelf placement that we were getting as a result of that. So TV commercials still work. That's that's good to know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it did. I mean, the platforms changed a lot. This was seven years ago. Um, I think the, the the behavioral pattern of watching TV is a little bit different today than it was seven years ago. And I'm not sure if we would have experienced the same success. But at the time, it was an amazing what became a self-funding advertising campaign. As long as your media return is generating um, a return that's and you have you have ad, you have spend net spend terms with your media buyers. When you're selling direct to consumer, the consumer is going online purchasing. The money is in your account in three days. And if you have net terms with your agency, your media spends not due for 14 days. So we were spending millions of dollars on this advertising campaign, but it was really the same couple hundred thousand dollars that was just revolving. It was, it's an, it's a very interesting mm-hmm. strategy. How did your life change in, in, in that time span? You had three kids. I'm sure you, you, had, you didn't have a car or house before. I'm sure you got those things back. <laughs> but what else? I mean, you, now you have more money than you've ever had. And in some ways, it, it requires you to really rethink your 
take on life a little bit? Like, how do you want this money to be put to work to be meaningful to you in the ways that maybe it wasn't before? My moments of gratitude come when my son gets to go to college and I can pay for his tuition. Um, There was a, a trip, a senior trip to Europe that I was able to say yes and send him on. So I think for me, it's the deep appreciation for getting to give my kids opportunities that I otherwise wouldn't have. Um, that has been very special, you know, just about the financial aspect. Has your take on money changed in terms of how you value it or what it means to you? Yeah. I mean, having gone through what I went through and um, seeing how easy it can be to find yourself, you know, in a very financial predicament, that's just one thing that's made me live a lot smarter with my money. Um, I love Warren Buffett's, uh, one of his quotes um, do, don't, don't save what's left after spending, but spend what's left after saving. And I really try and live by that. Having a great financial planner that holds you accountable, I think is the most important thing. You know, I sit at the beginning of the year and I set up a financial savings plan and every month he connects with me and makes sure that we, you know, it just gets swept out of my account and into a savings account before I have time to think about it. I'm sure a lot of people wanted to help you manage your money. (laughs) How did you find the right teammates to to help you with your with your fortune, with your wealth? You know, I I think it is hard in the financial industry to to find someone that is very aligned with what your goals are. My relationship came through a great referral from a friend, and it's been it's been a good working relationship for us. Inspiration for other single parents out there that want to become their own boss. What would you wish someone had told you when you were first starting out um, and and that may serve as advice for the next struggling parent who wants to strike it big as an entrepreneur? It's, you know, it's definitely a case of be be careful what you wish for because it just might come true. Um, It's, it's been a great ride. It's also been a lot of work. You have to be willing to do the time, make the sacrifice. You know, for me going from being a stay at home mom and having so much time to spend with my kids, I've had to like rely on, um, you know, I have a great babysitter who helps me out. Um, so come to terms with the fact that you've got to rely on other people who can be there to support your family if you necessarily can't be, which can be difficult. Um, and I think just, you know, be ready to put your head down and work hard and be prepared to hear no, and don't let that stop you. Was there ever a time where you thought, I can't do this. I'm not doing this. I'm I'm not going to do it. It's not worth the hassle. I'm stressed. You know, I don't think I have ever had that thought process about this product. I was so adamant that I needed this. And after conversations with others, I knew other people did too. So I've always been very confident that this product needed to happen. But there are definitely times, you know, in the early days, I would walk past the counter where my computer was sitting and I could barely even look at it because I was so just paralyzed with fear of not even knowing what the next step should be. So I think it's just making a great checklist and making sure that every day you're able to check a few things off the list and, you know, just keep taking those next steps. So it sounds like it's good, healthy risk-taking, having your priorities listed out, surrounding yourself with people who may be even smarter than you, but more importantly, are supporting you and can point you into the right resources. 
what else? What else does it take? Any, did I leave anything out? Do we leave anything out? Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, I guess, you know, a lot of people look at where I am now and think that a lot of the risk is off the table, but I, I kind of beg to differ with that. I now have a company that has um, just over 30 employees um, and the financial risk is, is still there. And it's much larger now because the business is, you know, much bigger. And I feel an obligation to have this business continue to succeed because it's, supporting families. And, um, you know, I, I, I wish that there was a manual or some kind of roadmap that you could follow, but every day is different and be prepared to, you know, ride the waves. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, if you're, if you're working hard and you're passionate and you truly love what you do, I think that is the leader to success. Yeah. I think there was, I don't remember who said it, but you know, there are many definitions of entrepreneurship. And one that I really love is that entre- being an entrepreneur is when your service, your output, it becomes bigger than you. You know, you have this impact that is much greater than just being an impact on your life. There's an impact on many people's lives. It sounds like that's exactly what you're experiencing right now, which is a um, a very humbling place to be in. But it's a lot of pressure, too, as you said. It is. And, you know, my my path didn't start like a lot of other entrepreneurs did. Mine, I definitely consider myself more of kind of an accidental entrepreneur. Um, and when I sit on panels now with Harvard educated MBAs, that was pretty intimidating for me early on. But embracing the success that we have had at the company um, you know, and being able to share my experience with others, I think I'm finally getting more and more comfortable in my skin and how I've gotten to where I am. And, you know, I, I feel like I, at this point, have earned my seat at the table. That's Thank you for sharing that, because I think that we can feel intimidated by the Harvard MBAs and the people with the pedigrees. But um, there there is something to be said about the school of hard knocks. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I I heard a great TED talk about the comparisons between hiring someone with the perfect resume who was bred for success, given all of the opportunities versus maybe a resume that shows, um, you know, some job changes here along the line, maybe, you know, a state school versus Mm -hmm. some fancy Ivy league school. And, um, you know, I think it's get to know the person behind the resume, understanding passion. One of my best employees, um, I hired her immediately after the interview. She was so passionate talking about her organic farm that she had in her yard. And I knew that if she was able to exude that much passion for what what she was doing at home, um, that she would also share that passion if if she had the opportunity to work with us. And, you know, finding people who are who are are scrappy and willing to do what needs to be done to get the job done, I think that's so tremendously valuable and cannot be underestimated. It's a reason why many smart companies ask that question of you. My dad actually just had an interview at Apple, believe it or not, at 62 years old, job offer potentially (laughs) at Apple. I don't want to jinx it. But um, initially, they just wanted to learn about him, what his hobbies are and what he values before there was even prospective job title on the table. It was just, let us get to know you 
And um, it was quite nerve wracking, I think, for him because he's not used to anyone asking him about the softer side of him, you know, but it's actually smart because like you said, it it can be very insightful as to how much of a dedicated employee you, you might actually be on the job, whatever the job is. Yeah, for sure. Melissa, let's do some so money fill in the blanks. I've learned so much from you. I And I, in some ways, I think your story is far more inspiring than if you had gone through all the traditional ranks of, you know, business school and, uh, you know, all the proper quote unquote grooming. I think that so many people are going to be listening to this and going, I have an idea. Why not? Let's just start it. Do it. Try it. And like you said, maybe, you know, it'll happen faster than you think. But let's do some so many fill in the blanks. This is when I start a sentence and you finish it. Okay. Have fun with it. Okay. You've already, you know, become a millionaire. But let's say you receive uh, an immeasurable amount of money. It's like hundreds of millions of dollars. The first thing I would do is. Oh, my gosh. Travel. Yeah. When was the last time you took a vacation? Um, you know, that's an interesting <laughs> question. I have a vacation plan for this summer that we're all very excited about, but, um, you know, I get to travel to amazing places. Um, you know, I mentioned Paris, we have our large, uh, launch of our products in Paris every year in September. So I get to travel to amazing places that I had never been to before growing up in Iowa. We didn't venture out of the country, um, at all. And I didn't leave, I didn't, I didn't end up in Europe until I was um, you know, into my thirties. So it's amazing to be able to travel and enjoy what I, you know, enjoy what I get to do, but, um, going to places that maybe push my comfort zone a little bit, um, would be, I would, that's definitely what I would love to focus on. The one thing I spend on that makes my life easier or better is, oh my gosh. Um, I, my assistant, (laughs) (laughs) my assistant and, um, nannies and a great nanny. When I was growing up, the one thing I wish I had learned about money is? Oh, um, how easy it can come and go. <laughs> what was your experience with that? You know, I, I, like I said, like I was always very hardworking. I, from an early, like, I, you know, one of my earliest money memories was asking for a pair of $50 jeans for Christmas, a pair of like $50 guest jeans and getting two pairs of $25 Lee jeans. <laughs> like, disappointment is an understatement. And I think that was something for me that made me want to get out and work hard and, you know, <laughs> and make my own money so I could make my own spending decisions. Um, but I always had, I, I worked at the deli. I worked in my grandfather's farm. Um, I worked, you know, I was a DJ at one point. I was a master babysitter. You know, I was always, always working. I think my, my moment of wanting to, like you said, be in more control of my spending decisions was when my parents got me a faux cabbage patch call, cabbage patch doll. (laughs) They, yeah, they, they tried. I, I think they really did try to get me a real one, but they were, they, there were like supply was just, at such a low point and it was like 1983 or 1984. Oh, I remember so, it well. <laughs> yeah. And so Christmas comes and I don't even remember what it was called, but it was, I knew ex- immediately and they tried to pass it off like a real dog. Oh, I was like, no. No, 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 I know the difference. This is not it. And um, starting tomorrow, I will like to, to command an allowance. 
Uh, So I can save up for my own dolls. Thank you very much. When I donate, I like to give to blank because? Um, I would say children um, because, you know, they don't have the means to be able to go and support. And um, there are a lot of kids in need, you know, parents that are struggling and kids that need, need help. Yes. And last but not least, I'm Melissa Keeling. I'm so money because... Oh my gosh, because I have worked my tush off to create my own success. Yes, you have. And we we look forward to seeing what other smart and practical tools you invent. We hope that uh, you'll be back soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much to Melissa for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about her, check out packet.com. You can also follow her on Twitter at Packet Girl. If you missed any of this, please visit SoMoneyPodcast.com. And if you've yet to join the So Money community, I would love for you to join while you're at SoMoneyPodcast.com. Submit your email. I'll send you a nice gift. And then you'll start to get some really fun emails from me, some behind the scenes of the show, my inner trains of thought, and some freebies and giveaways. It's a lot of fun. And while you're there, click on Ask Farnoosh. Send me your question for our Friday episodes of Ask Farnoosh. Thanks so much for tuning in. And I hope your day is so money. Money.